You're listening to the Sauropod. I'm Justin Zeppa. And I'm Detevos Bergman. And this is Reykjavik Tonight. Hi, everybody. Welcome to today's game. This is a very important matchup. Team USA against Iceland in what could be a preview of the championship game. Driving around in convertibles, talking to all the sponsor fools. Or hanging with the Iceland lady. We saw you two Saturday night. Eating ice cream with the enemy, huh, coach? Are you kidding? I wanted to go to the party and put on funny hats and be obnoxious and talk too loud and get stoned. Uphold the American image abroad. Hello! Well, that, <laughs> that was very clippy. Overmodulating immediately. Very good. Oh, buddy. We are back. We are back indeed. Listen, it's Reiki and my back tonight. is back. Your back is here as well. Your back and your front, which I'm looking at right now, looks amazing, buddy. Thank You've you been working much. out? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I took the bike over here. It was all amazing. It was only moderately snowy. You're working right now, too. You're doing something. You got some kind of dumbbell yeah, I've flexor t- thing. You got your squeegees. You yeah, I've taken, uh, I've taken the rock as, a, as my sort of uh, image in life. It's a rock? Oh, no, the rock. The You're talking rock. rock. Okay, okay. Dwayne okay, okay. Johnston. And uh, he is just, uh, he's such a talented man, and yeah. uh, I wish to emulate him. Okay. I mean, I do have much of the look. I am half Samoan. So, uh, this is true. <laughs> and people do refer to you as the Scorpion King, if I'm not mistaken, like out on the streets, right? Th- this is true. Your street this name. This is true. That's my street name. I do curls uh, okay. in, in between... Uh, in between takes and and such <laughs> things, so that my muscles may glisten with uh, sweat and uh, poppy uh, veins. That's true. Oh, so you guys didn't? You can't see it, obviously. This being a, an oral medium, but uh, he just did fifty-seven push-ups while the opening theme was running. That was and, fucking uh, amazing. But you haven't you haven't even lost a breath, my friend. And I you have look not great. at all. Um, please put your shirt back on, by the way. Yeah, if you don't mind, uh, for safety. That is death. Tafos Bergman. I'm Justin Zeppa. This is Reykjavik tonight. We are back. They said, listen, they said we couldn't do it. And then we did it. And then, and then we did we, it again. We stopped doing it for a little while. And people were like, I don't think they're going to do it. And we're, But here we are again. And we're doing it. And it is and now. it is being done. Oh, we're doing it right now. Yeah, it Absolutely. is being done right now yeah. at this very moment. It is being done. You can hear it being done now if you're listening to it that means that we actually we went through with doing it and it's probably finished oh i mean yeah it must be and it's if if i can be so bold it's pretty great too oh yeah the ending just uh, wait for it yeah you really have to wait for it there's like this tease (laughs) that happens well there's a beginning there's (laughs) (laughs) there's a whole lot of long middle part yeah i mean if you're gonna get the full climax of the show, you mm-hmm. really have to listen to the middle part as well. So don't skip it. Yeah, it's like classical music. You know, you, you definitely it's a longer form listening experience, but it's really rewarding. And the climax, what you just heard right there, that is a peanut butter M M&M and M live, uh, courtesy of uh, one airport or another. I'm not sure where we have to import our peanut buttered candies here. I noticed that this is a thing that you guys don't really do over here. Not a lot of peanut butter no, foodstuffs. We don't understand the whole peanut butter thing. Maybe you can explain it to me. What's like, the issue? What do you need to know? I mean... Uh, it tastes delicious. And... what? Do, oh no, what do you need? So, I just don't know. Like, what's the thing with, with the peanut butter and jelly thing? 
What's the thing with it? Yeah. It's just like, a magical combination. So, so like, you, you have the slight saltiness of the peanut butter and the excessive right. sweetness of the of the jelly. Of the jelly, right. So, what kind of jelly is it? You want to go with the Welch's, uh, probably Concord Grape. I'm so, you're, you're, like, going into brand, uh, brands here. Like, are, is our, our uh, listeners going to be, like, calling in and saying, like, what the fuck? The, you, you think like there's going to be a dispute or something like that? I would have thought so. Yeah, I, I if, if you're going into brands, I couldn't tell you. I'm sure there's some fucking hippie bullshit that's coming out of uh, Whole Foods or something like that. That is, you know, grandma grandma grapes. But what kind of like preserves. what kind of jelly is it? Is it grape jelly? Grape. You definitely want to go with grape. Some uh, because the default jelly, well, jam here in Iceland is is rhubarb. Rhubarb. Yeah. Rhubarb is not a fruit. No, um, I think it's a potato. <laughs> what you want to do is you want to get some, I, I think we've already talked about peanut butter, oddly enough. You want to get a can, of, a jar of Jif. It doesn't uh, come in a can, actually. I only know a uh, jar of Jif. Right. <laughs> and that was the same joke that we used last time. This is perfect. So, so are, we, are we rehashing material here? Yeah, it's it's 2019 and it's basically a lot like 2018. <laughs> like like our <laughs> listeners are definitely going to have to excuse this because I have like this brain problem. Uh, it doesn't work proper. Well, and also we should confess to the fact that neither of us listen to this show. I don't know why you, why you the listener, are here. <laughs> We're not listening to it. I don't know. But people are listening to it. And you know what? I'll tell you what. They like you. They, they're really into you. And we've got, again, upwards of possibly double-digit people listening to this what? program. Yeah. They're out there. They want to hear it. Uh, you're the man. Oh, by the way. Yeah. Are we doing shout-outs? I mean, we can do shout-outs. Can and I if, do a shout-out? I mean, if you want to take it back, we can bleep it later. But yeah, what do you, what do you got? Okay. Uh, I want to do a shout-out to Canada. Canada is amazing, but like, is that, a, be, is uh, that like a performance art name or something like that? Is this no, a, no, it's just, just a country, the nation the country. of Canada. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, great. There's a uh, there's a man called Chewy there, and he is a big the fan Wookie. of the potato, oh, the baked okay. potato, the baked potato. Okay, and this is a shout out to uh, to him. Now, does Chewy? What is, it, what is he like? A little bit of some some bacon crisps on there, or something like that. No, he is uh, he's a fan of the baked potato tr- trick that I I sometimes do when I'm. Somewhat inebriated. Okay, please explain. Oh, this not being a visual medium, I'll have to explain it. So, what you do... <laughs> I mean, it is a magic trick, too. So, if you feel like the magician's code would be broken, if you did explain it... No, no, it. it's not a magic trick. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a performance art, Okay, if you will. Uh, so, what you do is uh, you will lift up your shirt ever so slightly... Okay. ...and expose your, uh, your ample belly... <laughs> Okay, and and which is assumed because we're dealing with baked potatoes again. Yes, right? yes, yeah. of course. Okay. But then, then you will sort of drop your uh, trousers slightly, and the audience <laughs> will most likely gasp. Okay, yeah, and uh, guaranteed. But what you do is instead of exposing your penis, uh-huh. you you put your hands in front and and grab a hold of the scrotum. Okay, yeah, and preferably you would have wanted to shave your scrotum already. <laughs> And like all good magicians, you definitely there's some prep time that goes into this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houdini I mean, used to spend time in a in a, a bathtub full of ice water. Exactly. You shave your ball sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like, uh, makes sense. It makes sense. I'm, I always have shaved balls just in case I have to do the trick. <laughs> I think um, I know where this is headed, but but uh, then then like for the so this is sort of this is like an opening shock factor. People think that you're gonna expose yourself to them, like all uh, all opening your. Uh, overcoat kind of thing to right. children because you've stuck your hand on your pants 
Uh, no, you've already dropped your pants quite oh, significantly, oh, okay, okay, but okay. you've you've covered up your genitals and grabbed a hold of your uh, scrotum of okay. the sack itself. Okay, yep. And then what you do is like you l- sort of suck in your belly a bit. Okay. And and then you lift up your scrotum so it covers your penis completely. And okay. then you put the end of the scrotum sack uh-huh. underneath the belly as uh-huh. far into the fold as you can. <laughs> and then you drop the belly. And this will make the scrotum sack stay in place. And then you say, ta-ta! It's got to be ta-ta. Oh, definitely. That's sort of like your abracadabra. Or or tater! (laughs) And and so the end result is with your elasticated... and ball sack flesh being stretched over your your vittles like it's it looks like a potato is yeah. that yeah okay <laughs> we'll have to bleep some of that <laughs> mm, but yeah, could be let's do you christian could be oh okay uh, so this is what chewy's into out in canada yeah, he, yeah he's doing taters like that oh yeah is that what you call it doing a tater i'm doing a tater yes <laughs> No. Yes. Um, I mean, he loves the taters. Can you do? But we like, used to. We used to. Uh, we used to be involved in other bag-related activities. Me and Christian, <laughs> uh, because we we met in in really hot places where they, for some uh, reason, served water out of bags. So you'd buy like three bags of water, and you put two on your forehead and drink one bag by sort of tearing okay up. so an, an actual bag of water not, yeah, just not, a bag. Not, your, not your ball bag but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. okay 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 bag related thing bag. we have a bag very bag related <laughs> <laughs> relationship um side note can you do uh like further prep like can you draw some eyes on your tater sack you know like sometimes they sprout out or whatever like could you oh. do like appliances or something just to, something to consider this is, you this know is excellent like for version two of the trick isn't it yeah i think if when you're ready to, to revamp this when you finish the mm-hmm. the tour the worldwide tour and you've <laughs> taken it to the masses and they're like yeah i've seen it i mean it's his ball sack but i mean he's, he says tater ta, you know ta-ta <laughs> i get it but then you're like, but look at these eyes growing out of it. Ooh, then you're going to turn some stomachs. And yeah. I, so we're here. We're doing the show in the new Eldhusith Studios, by the way. Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm slightly disappointed. Only moderately. Okay. But the the gallery has not made it all the way to Vestapart yet. You know how moving is, though. It's still in boxes. It's all yeah. it's all crated up and everything, and then bills of lading, and it got lost in shit. There was a whole issue. I mean, it's only 20 minutes away, but... You yeah, know somehow how, it ended up in Cobo. I don't no know sense. how it happened. This might be pulling the curtain back a little bit too much, but in the old place, we kept talking about the big window that was out facing the bustling streets of uh, downtown Gravabog. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, we have another huge window window here uh facing the streets of what we like to call Vestabayer. Uh what what should I be knowing about my new neighborhood here in Vestabayer? About Vestabayer? Yeah. That's an excellent question. I think I'm uh, like first of all, if you want to post any mail, okay. or get any mail. Okay. Like, I don't, but just tell me anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean the postal code is 107. 107. Got it's it. It's really okay. important. Okay. Because if you if you ship mail to this area, and and you don't include the number one oh seven, it might not reach the recipient. Oh, that's a great handy tip. It's it's more convenient for me because the old place, uh, the postal code was one one two, which I think as we've also discussed possibly, I can't remember if it was on the air or not, but I think that's your emergency number, is it not? Indeed, we probably cut that from the very air. confounding. I mean, very uh, too many numbers. Yeah, too many of the same numbers. I guess is the issue. Yeah. So so. 
like the thing with one one two, yeah, rather than like nine one one, is that if you have like a rotary phone, yeah, which you definitely don't. <laughs> I, just, I know what you. It's quicker, right? Yeah, it's, it's way quicker. It's easier on the wrist. So imagine how many people have have gone in Britain and said like, "Fuck nine <laughs> nine <laughs> nine." It's all the way over here. <laughs> Yeah. Insert sound effect. Right. We had... Did you enjoy the hail the other day? I did indeed. I was on my bicycle and it <laughs> literally hit my eyeballs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pretty good size. Yeah. Pretty yeah, good size salt was, pellets uh, out there. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. So kudos to the hail. If you're listening, hail, another shout out just to you. Yep. Feel free to swing by any old time. I have a feeling you're going to anyway. <laughs> like we better invite you because you're coming. Mm-hmm. Vestibire style. We are also two blocks from the ocean. It's over there, crashing away. Yes. Always want to live by the sea. Here, we're we're doing it. We are doing it. And then we are also half a block away from some beautiful burgers that we've also just Mm -hmm. eaten. So is there uh, no sea in Michigan? We've got the Great Lakes, which are, you know, a pretty fair approximation, pretty close. But there's no salt in them. They are fresh water. And they are majestic and beautiful. And I love them. You have, like... You have sand dunes there. We do. It's the result of uh, the old ice age. I love sand dunes. Pulling and terraforming. Some, uh, what was it? Uh, I'm going to make it whatever. 50 I was, years. I was going to 50 years ago. Yep. It was before the Great Depression, <laughs> I didn't which see happened it. like 10 years ago. No fewer than 10 years ago. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of history, as we sit here post burger. Drinking our little cups of tea like a couple of lovely lads that we are. Let's talk some history shop. Well, here. maybe since you've mentioned the tea. <laughs> okay. Uh, <yeah. laughs> what is your sort of view on actually drinking the tea and then sucking on the tea bag? I don't do that because I like to uh, twice use the tea bag. Well, you're doing it right now. Can you get that? I'm like, yeah. So I guess um, that was spicy. Yeah, dare I ask you what is your take on sucking on the tea bag? I, I think it's fine. I I think tea bag in mouth is is the traditional way of of tea bagging, and and I think sucking on the tea bag while it's in your mouth is uh, is appropriate and courteous. Change. I think we've all learned something. <laughs> it is a fine, spicy, chili-style tea. It's, it's a man's caliente. Tea. It's actually called man's tea. Find it in your local tea shop, I guess you would call that. Or man shop. Um, <laughs> this is also true. What is a man shop? Is that like, like what, 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 what would you sell in there? It used to be Sears. Because you could go buy a bunch of tools. You could go ah. get a belt sander and a drill press. Ooh, and yeah. uh, That's the good stuff. You could do all the your Tim Allen style gruntings and things like that and feel pretty <laughs> good about it. Or, you know, maybe you want to go get the old tires rotated. You can do that. I mean, if you're, if you're not doing it yourself. You I know. mean, I, I rotate my tires. Like, uh, I just put them on the bicycle and then I roll on the bicycle and the they are tires get rotation. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. So, so we're, history lesson. We're talking history. And this is the thing. So I've got, I'm, just, I'm glad you're here. I've got a big old head of steam and I'm not. Not even quite sure where we need to start, but I have an idea. So here's the deal. We have to start at the beginning. It's a little something I like to call the Second World War. We got to talk about it. Wow. You, as a uh, local Icelander about Iceland, tell me your thoughts on the Second World War. How has it impacted your country? We uh, we got a bunch of money from it. 
And, and <laughs> wait a minute, wait a minute. How did that happen? <laughs> that so, so the the shorts and skinny of it is uh, we got a bunch of money, but we didn't know how to use them. So uh, as my friend Gabriel uh, has claimed, we are a rich third world nation. Okay, then <laughs> I could see that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's that's basically what happened. But. Like the Second World War, the British came, built an airport in the middle of the capital, and uh, which is uh, like all that people can argue about every fucking uh, time there's an election. Should the airport that is literally in the middle of downtown Reykjavik uh, be moved away and this valuable land be used for building houses? Or should we save the children? Um, combined with with the uh, Naval Air Force Base out in uh, Keflavik, between those two airfields, it seems like a lot of your uh, latter 20th century and early 21st century musings about the state of your own land just basically comes down to these airfields. Yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> That's all there is. But with regards to the Second World War, there was like, what was a ship that sunk and, and all that? Yeah. Uh, but there that's was about it. I did. A, I did a, a light Wikipedia browse today on what was happening here. It's called the invasion of Iceland when the Brits, oh, really? the Brits came over. It's called Operation Fork. <laughs> Fork. Yep. And you guys were uh, not terribly welcoming to anybody uh, in traditional, again, Icelandic fashion. <laughs> I think they just misunderstood us. And then we're we're, we're reserved people. But something special happened to you guys in 1944, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. We got like uh, when when Denmark became a Nazi country, uh, we, which was our we were Danish and, and they became Nazis uh, sometime during the World War. And we kind of we didn't really gel with that, mostly because the Brits were already here. So we figured like, yeah, uh, we'll just be on our own then. Yeah, if that's okay with you, Danes. Let, let's not downplay the torrid relationship you and the Danes had before the war, too. I mean, I guess there is some history that happened pre Second World War. Uh, yeah, yeah. The Danes, the Danes uh, have relished in in sending us maggoty uh, like flour and stuff like that, and and claiming it's for our own good. So we used to we used to be be at the heel of the Danes. Not, uh, and then they were at the heel of the Nazis, and then uh, you were like, "Hey, we're gonna go over. We're just gonna be over here." Yeah, and, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I didn't really notice the Danes doing anything about the Nazis during the World War. Yeah. They're not one of those people that said, "Like, no, no, the Nazis are really bad. Let's not, not let's not, let's not be the Nazis." They were more like, oh, "Okay, okay." <laughs> <laughs> Like the Norwegians, man. So, so how does it register in your uh, collective cultural memory? The Second World War, kind of a big deal for many countries uh, in this it's thing kind we of call the blip. world. It's kind of a blip for us. Not that big a we, deal. We got like a couple of airports out of it, and and uh, we we got the Marshall Aid. That was really good. We were we were you, fans you like of that the Marshall one, huh? Aid. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> you get some of that sweet action. Some of those airlifts. Did we airlift anything to you? Mm. No, I think you just gave money to us. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're we're pretty good at that. Yeah. We like it. We like it. We like money. And this is the thing. Okay, so let me let's do another culture exchange here. Let me tell you what the Second World War means to my country, mm-hmm. which is everything. Ooh. 
uh, the United States of America should probably be called the United States of America, dot, dot, dot. We won the Second World War. Mm. Or as we like to call it, World War II. Uh-huh. Sequel, y'all. Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, you kind of cheated during the Second World War. How though. did we cheat? You, like, used the fucking atom bomb. Man, that's just because we're fucking awesome. No, that's, you know, whatever. It's a travesty or whatever. That's a whole separate uh, podcast we can get into. Very complicated issue. Clearly, we're the ones to deal with it. Uh, but did you hear how outraged I just got there in my yes, voice when you... Yes. I mean, I'm telling you, it is, for our non-American listeners, the Second World War is, again, everything. It is the peak of... It's what makes America think America is so hot. It's what makes us think we are so sexy. And anytime anybody says anything to us, we just, it's the thing that we point to. We go, yeah, remember World War, World War remember II? Remember that? Remember that? Yeah. That was us. We did that. The Eagles. <laughs> Here we come to save the day. So, yeah, it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of like the Lord of the Rings. Like, why, why wait for the Eagles to the end? Like, why didn't you bring the Eagles at the beginning? I've always had a theory that that was because he was, uh, Tolkien was a World War One vet, right? Ah. That, uh, that that was his metaphor is that, oh, at the very last minute, the fucking eagles will come and pluck you from disaster, mm. but also they'll just spoiler drop alert. you off and leave you alone. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> the best spoiler alerts for are from like 90 years ago. Oh, definitely. Um, I like how, how you always spoil the thing and then you say like, oh, oops, spoiler alert. By the way. <laughs> Well, again, so, br- so if you didn't notice that <laughs> you were spoiling the thing, now you definitely I've know. punctuated it. <laughs> so just for the record, uh, The Lord of the Rings has now been spoiled for any listener. And yep. also the Second World War. Right. Which, again, USA number one, baby. So, so, so you to go like baby rather than bitches i mean i can, we could do bitches too i mean i think I you feel like, say number one a bitches <laughs> yeah i like the sound of that but if, that's maybe more uh sort of trying to cover up for the vietnam thing well and that's the thing is that it's since then i mean that's how that's how much juice we've been able to squeeze out of that fruit mm. baby is we've been we can do a vietnam and maybe a second gulf war too mm-hmm. and we can still be like yeah but you know Second World War. Yeah, but like all your all your good media comes from the Vietnam World War. You mean the, like the footage? Like no, the, the, I mean the the good the good songs, the good movies. Spirit in the Sky. Yeah, yeah all okay. that shit. <laughs> None of that shit comes from the Second World War. Uh, I mean, this is the future that we need to get into here is uh, World War II movies themed uh, alongside Jimi Hendrix's Machine Gun. Exactly. Uh, from the Fillmore East. I mean... I think the the Second War was just poorly timed with regards to uh, progression of music. Like, I mean, the music was fine, but there was, a, there was a lack in the epicness of it. Well, Jimi Hendrix and... Bing Crosby don't really sit the same <laughs> on the scale, I guess, as far as really get you going. And hey, I love me some Cros, right? I, I'm the host of Crosby Talk. Andrew Sisters. You want to talk Andrew Sisters? Beautiful three-part mm. harmonies? Oh, love it. But it's kind of Rudy Toot. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, if I'm going to Rudy Toot, I'm going Brian Setzer Orchestra. <laughs> the Brian Setzer Orchestra. <laughs> the point being, the United States of America, I think you'll agree, is the greatest country that has ever existed <laughs> anywhere, <laughs> ever, at any time. I say that with a, I'm doing a little smirk here because I know that might not be true, but that's how we kind of fancy ourselves, right? That's the narrative that we, we teach to our, our, our youngsters. So is this what you refer to when you're saying, let's make America great again? <laughs> 
So 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 you wanna you wanna send all your men before they're twenty to their deaths in in the in the channel. We're very hot to do that. Yes, uh, that would be great, wouldn't it? Now, if we wanted to it's make a, very a feminist view, <laughs> I guess so. Kill uh, all the men, leave the ladies. Well, the key thing there too is that, uh, uh, we're we're missing is kill all the white men because the ah, army yes. was segregated <laughs> at, that, at that point too. So maybe we do. We should consider that. Um, <laughs> So, you know, you may have heard of the American Civil War, right? And we kind of... Isn't that like an ongoing thing? It's, it is. It's a, it's a cold war currently, but there was a, there was a hot spot in the uh, mm. 1860s and our fella Abraham Lincoln, I don't know if you're familiar. I am not. What you thinking, Abraham Was he like a, a small round man? He was a tall, lanky drink of water is what he was. 6'4", oh, yeah. Kentucky, Indiana, Illinois, steel. The splendid splitter. He's a, he's a rail splitter. Give that man an axe. He'll make you a fence. Oh, cool. That's why he became president. Yeah. I like how he's always portrayed in a in a good light there's never there's is there any literature that says like lincoln was an asshole there He's is kind of like the david attenborough of history <laughs> that's right are, are you gonna label him with the same thing <laughs> did i get bleeped the last you time? got bleeped the last time uh, so uh, he is definitely <laughs> <laughs> he was definitely a b- no you'll like this though i don't know if you've ever heard this about him but apparently rumor has it it's just a rumor i don't know what the source is on this he was really into friction fucking i wow so that think was, about that. that was uh, unexpected yeah right <laughs> america land of the so free would you would you would you <laughs> care to explain friction fucking to the listeners well okay so fucking in itself there's obviously going to be some friction involved yeah, right i mean but, but it, you right? you would do this as with extra friction this is a sort so of less less lubrication my understanding was that how do <laughs> put this in the most cagey way possible you know the old saw if there's a hole something's going in it mm-hmm. in this situation there is no hole ah so picture dig if so, you will a so picture this is this is uh what might be referred to on the internet as frotting frot okay wh- just lay it out what is it? I think that's when you when you have your penis and <laughs> and you lay it as such. You're so delicate <laughs> saying penis. All right. I mean it's a it's a word you gotta Shh, don't wake the penis. <laughs> Sleeping. Okay, so you penis so you take the penis, penis and then you put, where do you put it? <laughs> Literally anywhere. Okay. Against the surface. That's basically what I'm saying. So, uh, uh, and in my but my mind's maybe eye, maybe I'm confused. I think frotting might be when you take two penises, uh, uh, penises, <laughs> and and them. and uh, sort of rub them against each other. Oh, okay. So that's that's a that's a very direct way of doing it. Then mm-hmm. that's a that's a mutual frotting yes. uh, of sorts. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking. More I've seen such a thing recently where where people were were doing this uh, exercise where the penises were <laughs> were aligned if you say so, and then had a, a special um, round object uh, that, that was put around both the penises, and then it was uh, moved uh, to create friction against the penises, Okay, and uh, then both of the penises uh, flowered at the same time, <laughs> That's and it was beautiful. <laughs> Why wouldn't it be? Let me just give you the link. It's www.pornhub.com. Uh-huh. Uh, P O R N 
h-u-b.com <laughs> and then there's a slash uh-huh. and then you go uh, question mark uh-huh. equals <laughs> cock number two cock <laughs> cock to cock blooming <laughs> uh, that was all gonna have to be bleeped I, I don't know if that's exactly what our 16th president was doing uh, blooming cock to cock with I mean, that's, that's almost like a, a song from, from World War II era. <laughs> Dancing cheek to cheek, blooming cock to cock. Cock to cock. Mm-hmm. Um, Rudy toot toot. <laughs> Setzer, get on that. I'm thinking more along, I always picture more along the lines of like, you got, you got a pair of legs, right? You put them together and then you just stick that thing right between them. Oh, yeah. Like yeah that yeah. kind of thing. Like sp- maybe you're spooning, right? Oh, I see. Maybe, yeah. maybe the, the, the splitter was a spooner, the splendid mm-hmm. spooner. Yes. Yes. I can see that. I also imagine him being a very tall man. Uh, he was. I can, I can see him as, as a, as a planker. He would, he would like to plank. And I can, I can visualize in my mind, uh, him on this table, possibly. Uh-huh. Uh, as long as the table and sort of just sort of inching his way forward on his belly like uh you're talking like on the on the forearms that kind of thing no no just sort of like uh, he wouldn't be oh. you, he would just be on the penis it's, this this isn't a milking table is it mm. this is <laughs> no, no no he would lay the penis bare against the table oh okay is that what it's called planking no, a planking is when you like go That's, stiff, I guess. Right, yeah, I mean, like Jillian Michaels tells me, planking is something totally different when I'm doing my exercises, but I'm doing mm. my squeegees. So uh, I've, might- I've got a very disturbing but but serene picture of of your president now <laughs> in my mind. It's now my I'm legacy. gonna it's replace so that proud. with uh, with uh, the same picture of your current president. And, that, and this is where we're gonna land eventually. But at this point, I tell you what, we got to take a break. So. <laughs> Why do we have to take a break? Well, we're I want to talk some more. I know we're 37 minutes in, though, somehow. How are we? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we're going to take a little break, and we're, when we come back, we're going to go back to the moral high ground that we were talking about before we we kind of detoured into Lincoln's table activities. Probably why he was splitting all those rails, apparently, was to get yeah. some, some planks, right? Definitely. He was planking. He's a planker. And we'll be back right after this. Bye, Another beautiful day outside. Sun shining, grass growing, birdies doing whatever it is birds do. Eating worms, crapping on your car, and sitting on eggs? Get a life, birds! Anyway, it's all a perfect opportunity to get out in that yard and move some dirt around. Those bulbs aren't going to plant themselves, and you're too cheap to pay someone to do it for you. You could skip planting them altogether, but society would judge and ostracize you for not beautifying your space, which, even though you pay for it, is outside and in view of everyone who passes, which apparently means it's all of their business. Several hours later, you return to your abode, the bulbs now planted, the grass mown, the sidewalk swept, the gutters gutted. It's been a big day, and you move the shit out of that dirt, out of the ground, and right onto your personage. Time for a soak, my friend. You strip down and dial in a tub of steaming bath water, suggesting all is well with the world. Until that is, you're distracted by your own nude image in the mirror and spend several minutes contemplating your sense of self. Who am I? What is my purpose? Why do I love bread so goddamn much? These are timeless questions, each worth diving into in your never-ending quest for existential peace. Yet your reflections on your reflection are rudely interrupted by the waters of your bath breaching the tub's retaining walls and spilling onto your floor. 
The answer to your quest for identity is now clear. You are a self-involved dum-dum. Which is why this program is brought to you by... Drains. Yes, drains. The relieving portals through which you can safely flush all of your solipsistic musings and rid your floor of water before it floods the rest of your home and devalues your stacks of 1980s vintage Topps baseball cards. They only printed several million of those Frank Tanana cards, and you want to keep yours in mint condition. Drains. Floor holes that assist in keeping you from ruining your life. Brought to you by the committed cadre of cautionary cloak a conduit clog commissioners. And we are back. Man, those ads, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Have you seen any checks come in from the advertisers, though? No, it's very... Uh, I mean, maybe they got confused with the whole new address. Oh, they didn't know it's... They, they thought 112, right? Yeah. And they didn't know it was 107. They didn't listen to the show. Oh, it's man. 107. But damn, am I glad we had these ads for those excellent products because I managed to get my rock on and uh, <laughs> and, and I'm all glistening now. And you're, and you're blooming. Look at you. Yeah. <laughs> A young man in bloom. Yeah. Speaking of Abraham Lincoln, right? So we had in, in the United States, we, we had the Civil War in which uh, we had to fight over enslaving human beings and all of that. Mm. And sometimes we like to think of that as one of the high points, but it's really not because it's really tying up some some loose ends that were really fucking loose and should have been tied up <laughs> maybe at the beginning, but that's a whole different story. Yeah. Uh, the, the First World War is sort of a... Uh, well, I guess we had the Spanish-American War, which is uh, you know gives Teddy Roosevelt a chance to go up San Juan Hill and all this, uh, generated uh, by William Randolph Hearst's uh, newspapers. Go figure. I have no idea what you just you said. Don't, you don't need to know any of it. It's useless. No. Yes. Fake news, I think they call that. <laughs> and then we had the First World War, very big in Europe, very popular. Yeah, uh, it was quite popular. Top of the charts for four years. Yeah. And then, uh, but we, we came in screaming eagles. Uh, it was like one of these slow burners. We thought it was going to be like one of those like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. quite quite hard and good. But mm-hmm. in, instead it was like a sweet lovemaking session that just lasts and lasts and lasts. When I think of trench war- uh, warfare, that's what I'm thinking of. It's just two, <laughs> yeah, I mean, two that, fronts just grinding, just oh, grinding like, yeah. oh, do you want to take this 50 meters? I'm going to take it right back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe you take it a bit now. What's that, a big Bertha? I think it is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, what? It's going here. All right, so it's the Second World War, though. Uh, you know, the sexiest of all the wars, because we come out smelling like a rose, my man. Well, you say the sexiest, but this is when people started bringing out all the toys. Uh, so you're like, you, you, you don't consider a good lovemaking one that is just erotic, but you need to have some tools for, for making love. Apparatus? Yeah. Oh. So, so, I mean, that's fine. That's fine. So like the Pacific Fleet then. Yeah, Something that's like that. that's like a that's like a tool that you use for the war making. Sure, as opposed to it's back like in the day when it was just waters. some lads in a hole, <laughs> some doughboys, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> plunging their bayonets, their their knife guns. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, so so the great thing, so we love tragic loss of life, tragic loss of life. Oh yeah, yeah, fifty to sixty million people dead uh, in the Second World War. Anyway, yeah. First World War, fourteen, fifteen million, something like that. Yeah. Plenty, plenty of dead. Tragic, no, absolutely right? tragic, terrible. At least a few million too many. Let's yeah. let's say that at the very least. I think I think out of all the world wars, I think we could have done with uh, maybe no less than a hundred million dead. I think that would have been sort of the optimal amount to have 
Like no more than that. I think we're about there. We're very close to there. That was quite a few, few depends people. On, well, that depends on how you how you define the uh, China Japan well, war. I, you just read my file, friend. Uh, because a lot of people, I mean, in the states anyway, things don't happen until Hitler starts shaking and grooving. You know, you know what I mean. But hmm. the rape of Manchuria. Uh, let's not let's not uh, forget. So that's a pretty that's a pretty hefty toll there. Pretty yeah. vile, and also a tragic loss of life. A tragic loss. As, as far as I know, also a part of the world. Yes. So, but I think technically, at least to the podcasts I've been listening to, it is called the Second Cyano-Japan War and not the World War. It's separate, eh? I think so, yeah. I think uh, Harvard historian and philanderer Niall Ferguson would disagree with you there, mm. according to his book, War of the World, I think it's called. Mm. War of the World, War for the World. I'd like to philander him. <laughs> You can check his uh, series out on PBS. He's a he's a very handsome philanderer. And we get paid for this, don't we, when we say things like that? I think so. I think he's one of our advertisers. Yeah. But again, I should email him the 107. <laughs> yeah. Get him there. Uh, so... Uh, so the reason that the Second World War is so important to us is because there's never been a more clear uh, moral argument for a, a modern war, right? Well, because there was like... Because uh, of the fucking Nazis. The ultimate pricks. And uh, as as a young American lad who grew up with that generation still still alive and kicking, mm-hmm. uh, now mostly gone at this point. They're all yes. deep into their 90s at this point. Uh, it's very unfortunate that, that we had to move, like, as, as more people have died that are, like, were familiar with the Nazis, mm-hmm. we had to move to sort of more ambiguous movie villains. They used to just be Nazis. That's, it was that's, e- it's easy. It's the easiest answer you can have, and there, it's the best uh, answer too. Yeah, like like who's the villain? The Nazi. Or, yeah. Well, and nobody nobody's got a problem with killing a Nazi. No, not, not in the United States that I grew up in, anyway. No, I mean Tarantino said it. Like uh, we're in the business. We're in the it, business of killing Nazis. Did he say that? And business is good. That might be the only thing I've ever uh, heard that makes any sense out of that man. But it's you know. He's nonsensical, isn't he? He's not my favorite. He is, uh... What? (laughs) We're gonna have to bleep that. Talented, but undisciplined. Get an editor. Let's speed it up. Let's take care of things. Did you know that there was actually an Icelandic editor that used to edit his films? Oh, like a phantom uh, edit type type situation? No, just his main editor was Icelandic. Oh, oh, okay. So it's not... (laughs) It wasn't like a fan edit, like, let's make this movie make more sense and move along and <laughs> no, be no. less self-indulgent okay yeah. because that's what i'm looking for oh i see i see so like do, how, do I wanna, do how i want to how i want to edit uh, the lord of the rings into a a sort of a homoerotic uh, one and a half hour film okay what would you like to give us a sneak preview yeah, it's just about, like, throw away all the boring shit, just get on with the Hobbit love. I will say that Frodo and Samwise do uh, do their own share of spooning in that movie. Like, I think the second one opens up with them, like, popping out of bed together, right? Yeah, yeah. On the I side think, of that uh, one I of those I think they volcanoes. might have been flanking... Just uh, <laughs> planking just just a bit earlier, yeah. It's, uh, no, I mean, the whole whole thing with them, and then there's like a whole separate story happening, and then in a contrived way, they sort of bring it all together at the end. And it's right. so like over the top and contrived, nobody would believe that. But the cool story where Viggo Mortens is, is running people That's through cool. with, his, with his sword... And uh, no, they're riding boring. ponies all that's over, doing magic stuff. and shit. Like that's great. No, that's boring. Oh, so you want to you want to see Sean Astin being like Shh, I'm Frodo, honey? Come back to bed. Yeah, come to bed. Mm-hmm. I made some potatoes. It's just a giant spider. It's fine. Yeah, 
Don't go to bed. I'm going to throw my cloak over Don't you. be so cranky. Um, <laughs> um, What's the matter? What's the matter, honey? I think... <laughs> <laughs> Why are you always so quiet? It's just it's just stings glowing again. Oh. Did you put any batteries in it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play with Sting tonight. <laughs> I think the scene speaks for itself. Yeah, it's all about like how how these uh, erotic gentlemen got uh, together and sort of go went through a whole life together and then sort of cast. Uh, cast their troubles away it's a touching story can i give you a, a maybe just an idea for a title yes hobnobs <laughs> can just think about it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that like uh with chocolate on top could be i mean <laughs> what's your pleasure you know? <laughs> some people strawberries some people you know what i mean mm-hmm. the point is the nazis right <laughs> Easy bad guys. We fucking hate him. I yeah. fucking hate Nazis. Yeah, fucking awful. <laughs> Meanwhile, even the Nazis hate the Nazis. Do you think so? Yeah. You think there's a lot of self-loathing there. Yeah, I would have thought so. They don't look happy in the. Pictures, you don't think? I mean, in the picture. But maybe back in the day when you took pictures, people had to stand around for quite some time for I the picture to take. Nah, I don't think so. That was the, the so 40s. that's why people <laughs> used to used to like have like these bored faces on on pictures back in the day. So maybe that's the problem with the Nazis as well. Maybe they didn't invent proper photography. I don't think the Nazis had self esteem issues when they were really Naziing pretty hard. I think they felt pretty good about it. You think so? Well, I mean, maybe that was just their face of pleasure. I mean. Uh, when you're like a good cum face can can be any sort. Is that the Teutonic O face? You think that was the <laughs> that's how the master race? Yeah, perpetuates their whatever nonsense. Yes. So let's let's fast forward to present day United States of America, right? Mm-hmm. We have our current president, as we talked about, President Diaper J Turkey. He's in office. He's there. About John Trump. We're talking about um, uh, maybe some people refer to him as that. He's a diaper turkey. Uh, I he's like a, to call him Johnny. He's a big old okay, <laughs> or nonny, nonny, old diaper nonny turkey. <laughs> he's there. He's orange. He's puffy. Get used to I, it. I wanted to be like saying uh, that he was like a sexy man and, and try and make a whole thing about it. It's just impossible. You like, can't I, do it. I could not imagine saying such a thing about him. And I will say almost anything for money. And, and you know what? He would maybe pay you to say that, except he doesn't have any money. Mm. Uh, that doesn't belong to Deutsche Bank anyway. Ah, yes. Or the oligarchs uh so he is maybe i don't know how familiar you are with with the goings-on of his presidency but he i've heard it's great <laughs> i've heard that he's gonna make america great again it's a mission uh, state by yeah. by sending all the white men uh into the channel to their death God, if, if only right <laughs> exactly if only well he's been uh he's been presidenting under uh what they what the new york times recently called a cloud called the Mueller report so oh yeah i know that okay so you you may have heard of some of this the the point being we don't really know what happened so so this guy robert Mueller, he's been investigating the idea how is it written is it Mueller? does it have an umlaut uh there's no umlaut it's an m-u-e-l-l oh, that's a cop-out uh, yeah and it's Mueller, not a Mueller. 
I, 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 well, he's an American, so. I mean, I, I don't approve of this. This is really, this is really not cool. I'm um, against him. So well, I'm, again, we, I'm against the Mueller report. Okay. So when we just on, on semantics. So possibly President Turkey maybe got involved with some uh, Russian intelligence agency. Did he get involved with any turkeys? Well, he's heavily involved with turkeys. I mean, he's got turkeys all up and down his cabinet. He's got his daughter, Ivanka Turkey, <laughs> Melania Turkey, of course, the first lady. Um, she's She runs a, a program called Be Best, which makes zero sense in any grammar <laughs> for any language, as far as I am aware. Um, I like that. Be Best. Be Best. Just do it. It's like bebop. Yeah. It's like a new style maybe of music. that's what she meant. So he has maybe been involved in, you know, selling out the United States via Putin's intelligence agency. I don't know. It was crazy. It's crazy. The point is, nobody it knows. Some seems people, unreasonable. Some, I mean, there's a lot of smoke, but we got to find that fire. You know what I mean? So this guy, Robert Mueller, he was tasked by the ju- Justice Department. You go and you check out all these things, these very obvious clues that doesn't really happen. You go take a look at it, write us up a, a little book report about it, and you show it to the country, and we can decide whether this guy is as big as a fuck face as we know he is in many other venues in this particular venue and then we will make a decision as to what to do from there and continue our our cold civil war, right? Mm -hmm. So two years later, Bob Mueller turns in his book report to his teacher, the attorney general at the Department of Justice, who was uh, plucked from obscurity by President Turkey Mm. uh, because he he himself wrote a memo that said, this investigation is a bunch of bullshit and the president's fucking hot shit. So who needs it? So... The turkey. I believe this guy. You like this guy, huh? Yeah. yeah he yeah. looks kind of. There's something muppety about him. I'm not sure which muppet he is, but he's got a face. It's it's, it's round. It's kind of. Uh, he's got some cheeks. He's not Bunsen Honeydew, but there's something close. I'll I'll let you Would know you when I figure it out. Think he's like a motorized muppet, or if he's an old-fashioned hand in the face. Muppet? I think he's like a. He's a pretty elaborate, maybe like labyrinth era jim henson mm. uh you know live action film so you think maybe not children's television workshop so you think maybe like once he's on television george lucas would uh would edit him he he would have been in the cantina stroking a dewback presumably yes, yes. yeah but he would not have been and he's not grover <laughs> you know he's not grover he's not telly he's not oscar mm-hmm. he's not snuffy but he and he's not Mr. Hooper. He's, uh, rest in peace. Um, I have no idea what that is. <laughs> <laughs> so he, so the attorney general, uh, this guy, I think his name is Barr. He he reads the three hundred page. We just found out today that the Mueller report is three hundred pages, and he sums it up in four page memo, and he gives it to people, and he's like, you know what? It's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. We can we can sum it up in four pages. Four pages, two days worth of reading. I got this, you guys. And you know what? <laughs> It looks like the president's crate. It's yeah. crazy, right? Yeah. It's crazy. Oddly enough. So he's already great. He doesn't need to become great again. Well, no, the president's great. He wants to make the rest of us great. Ah. Uh, he's so great. I mean, like, follow he's, he's a winner, foot- right? You should follow in his footsteps. Well, he's, he's my president. Yes. Whether I like it or not. So I mean, you did vote, and he is now a president. I did. So, yeah, no. So essentially, you voted for him. It's true. So it's a matter of. How did that happen? There's some questions about that. And 
let's be honest, it's quite possible that he just got voted in because people are fucking stupid. Uh, there's a very good chance of that. But there's also, I don't like the idea that there's a, you know, another country mucking about with, with our holy elections, right? Mm. This is the issue. And when I'm busting on the Russians, I'm of course not referring to the Russian people. They're lovely. I'm talking about their bullshit government. Mm, yes. So the narrative now has become, since the guy put out his memo that said like, you know what? Just don't worry about it. It's fine. It's it's all good. The president, he's like total exoneration. I'm free, free at last. I told you, I told you. And he's he's asking people for apologies and things like this. Oh, nice. So this is recent development. This is just uh, over the past weekend. I see. So the issue is though is that uh, some of the major news media outlets, say your New York Times, fake news are treating this like that is what actually the report says when the key issue is nobody knows what that report says because ah so you just got the memo we just got the memo i mean that's all you need it's three pages it's two pages well so i mean it can be summed up into like one paragraph <laughs> sure i mean listen it's a it's a go-go culture right it's, it's a 21st century like i don't have yeah, time to read like 10 bullet points uh with pictures <laughs> and uh, and that's it you're well, good that's what my president does actually he doesn't uh number one there's no proof that he actually knows how to read Number two. Are there actually, any teleprompters uh, at his speeches? There are teleprompters, but he just kind of he veers off course and he seems to labor <laughs> over the teleprompter. So I don't think he's a good reader. If he, I mean, maybe he can read. He can't use a computer. I'm pretty, I'm about 99.9%. Well, he can use the, the phone computer, but that's just uh, an app, right? But, yeah, yeah. you know, it still blows he my mind. He probably has one phone that is just Twitter and then another phone that is just something else. Could be. And it's just Twitter is odd. It does blow my mind, though, that it is the year 2019 at this point, right? And the president of my country doesn't know how a computer works. Nobody's ever seen him use a fucking computer. Give the man a computer and have him open up a goddamn Word document and then print something. Show me that, and I might give him a modicum of respect. I don't believe it. And rumor is that when he gets his briefings... He requests that there be, like, no words. He just wants pictures. Yeah. That's the only way. I can't deal with it. I won't deal with it. No, I mean, he needs to deal with a lot of shit, and he needs to be brief. He's and, and and one picture is more than a thousand words. Uh, so, yeah. You may have cleared that issue up, actually. Exactly. It's just a matter He's of more efficiency. efficiency. Mm, we finally got there. He's making America great again. He's detail-oriented. But he's also time conscious and uh, very efficient. Yeah, this is what we want. Maybe he's doing a great job. I no, think he's he not is. doing a great job. So the, the I reason like how you can't even even say it as I a can't joke. even consider it. <laughs> so the reason we got a really long tail on this kite is because once this news of this memo came out, which everybody is now taking at face value of the memo is right, and here's here's a small issue I will raise to you and to my country folk back home uh when the president and the people around him lie consistently every moment of every day in ways that are easily verifiable like i understand <laughs> you know fucking vietnam and gulf of tonkin and all that you find some stuff out years later it's like oh shit bunch of fucking liars right mm. but at the time it's top secret top yeah. secret info when i can just go make a google and be like he's fucking making he made all of that up <laughs> he made it all up. none of that is true <laughs> you don't have any credibility so i 
can't believe anything that you say. So when the man you hired to protect you from this report takes that report, refuses to release it, nobody's seen it yet. It's been out there for, at this point, five days as we record. I find it really hard to believe that everything that you wrote about it is everything I need to know about what's in there. <laughs> so, so what were the other words? If, if, if this is all we need to know, was the other just space filler? <laughs> well, right. And actually, somebody it came out. Gross. I think it was somebody from the Times today came out criticizing the length of it as like he went into too much detail somehow. <laughs> 2019 folks so you'll be uh let me throw this at you then this is the headline and this isn't even this doesn't even fall under the purview of snooze it's so fresh right it's not even old news this is like actual new news uh let's uh have some sort of disclaimer here like like this is actual current events this is actually happening right now as we record march listeners uh make sure that this What's coming up now is what's happening at the very moment you're listening to this right now. Maybe this was a hologram is what we should qualify this with. Like, as we may, might, might have found out by the time you've listened to this that this, was, this didn't actually happen and was, in fact, fake news, which kind of equals, in my mind, hologram news. I think that they've, there's a yeah. Venn diagram crossover there. Uh, definitely, definitely. Um, but fake news is just like a, a, better, a better sort of uh, stump. You can have a stamp made that just Well, it covers a news. lot of ground because it really covers my feelings. So if I feel like... <laughs> oh, your feelings are definitely <laughs> fake news. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no, my feelings are truth. It's how I feel is how I perceive fake the Fake news. So, yeah, exactly, right? And that that's just how we felt, folks. Fake so news. So he's going to say that. Agree to disagree. Fake news. Bunch of fakers. <laughs> Let me give you this headline here. This is from Slate. This is an online news rag. Do they have it then in bullet point form? Mm, there actually are no bullet points. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask for your attention. Uh, I'll might... give you the salient details. Okay, okay. Could you read me every third word? <laughs> and then if I need more information, you can like switch over and just read the second, fourth. Alabama congressman quotes Mein Kampf while criticizing Democrats and the media. This is March 26th. 2019. Mo Brooks, a five-term congressman from Alabama. Five terms. This guy, five times he was elected by the people of my beautiful land of the free. Alabama? Um, yeah, a part of. Part of. Yes. Unfortunately, Alabama is a little part of me. Cited an anti-Semitic argument pushed by Adolf Hitler while condemning Democrats and the press for their quote-unquote big lie about collusion during a speech on the House floor Monday. It appears Brooks was attempting to draw parallels between President Diaper Turkey's critics and Nazis, but the language he used directly citing Mein Kampf instead positioned himself, the president, and his party as the Nazis in his analogy, and the Democrats as the Jews, victims of a vilification effort rooted in part in the Nazi insistence that Jews were malicious liars. (laughs) While the quote-unquote big lie is now thought of as a propaganda technique used by the Nazis, the propagation of a lie so enormous it has given credence because of its brazenness, the term was actually coined by Hitler and his followers. The big lie, according to Hitler, was by traitorous Jews who blamed the violently anti-Semitic general Erich Ludendorff for Germany's defeat in World War I. 
Brooks. Fucking Ludendorff. <laughs> Brooks, apparently thinking reading from the book would drive home the similarities between Democrats and Nazis, quoted Hitler's Mein Kampf verbatim during the Republican response to Attorney General William Barr's summary of Robert Mueller's report. So is that like, uh, didn't anybody, how do you say, evocate uh, Godwin's Law? Um, run that by me again. What's uh, Godwin's law? Godwin's law is if you're uh, having an argument and you reference uh, the oh. Holocaust yeah, or yeah. the Nazis, you've already lost. That's a great point, and that is totally the case here. I guess what troubles me is that this is not like a hot news item. This is not headline news. This is just a thing that happened. Is that a fucking congressman is reading Mein Kampf in Congress in the United States of America, which I will remind you defeated those fucking nazis exactly what uh, is happening it's probably because like he feels like he owns the book because he beat the nazis so he can he can use all their uh, intellectual property i think he is just exhibiting sort of superior superiority it's <laughs> I, I, I like how my uh, co-host here is, is <laughs> literally boiling. I'm just furious. I'm just furious. What world are we living in? I'm outraged. I'm outraged. <laughs> yeah. Why are we reading? Should we read some of Mein Kampf? Well, we do have a quote here. We can, we can see what he actually actually said to the Congress, yeah. to the people of America's. Do our listeners want to hear some of Mein Kampf? Uh, <laughs> oh, really? You do? With All right. I mean, uh, they're out there. Fair the, enough. The, the cats are out there and yeah. they're, they're waving the signs. With the drama of a big reveal, Brooks then concluded Who is this big lie master? That quote was in 1925 by a member of Germany's National Socialist German Workers' Party. That's right. Germany's Socialist Party, more commonly known as the Nazis. The author was socialist Adolf Hitler, which again is. <laughs> boy, so we're he's all using over the place. socialist as a as a terrible uh, <laughs> terrible curse here. Well, and also the Nazis weren't socialists in the way that we think of socialists. I don't even think. Well, I mean, this I don't, gets its I don't think. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the people of the United States of America really, really understand socialism. I that think well. you're, I think you're absolutely right. <laughs> Sorry to generalize there. <laughs> Well, let's say half, <laughs> maybe half, uh, yes. has, has a very warped view on, on what that means. <laughs> Mr. Speaker, again, this I'm quoting Representative Brooks here. Mr. Speaker, America can either learn from history or be doomed to repeat it. When it comes to big lie political propaganda in America, as the Mueller report confirms, again, he's not read it. Nobody's read it. <laughs> America's socialists and their fake news media allies. Fake news. You got to get it in there. That's how you get reelected. Mm -hmm. Are experts and have no peers. Regardless, America must reject their big lies or succumb to the danger that lurks and horrific damage that results. What the <laughs> fuck is happening? So is that the horrific damage of socialism? I guess that's part of it. I mean, socialism message. Socialism has ruined Sweden. It's just Sweden is in ruins. It's like there uh, are no roofs over there. Nobody, uh, everybody's yeah. outside with without shoes, roofs, yeah, food. Norway, same thing by socialism. Is Norway still around? 
Uh, I mean, I had no it's, idea. It's technically there. What are we doing over here? Is this a special Icelandic brand socialism? Yeah, we have socialism here, and and like there's there's wild cats in the street. Can you pass me more of that delicious bubbly water? Thanks. I can pass you things. No. <laughs> right. So, um, so, so have you calmed down a, a little bit? What what do you what do you think? What what would happen? Uh, Oh, Eastland, if somebody starts quoting Hitler in uh, the Althingi. I think it would be poor form. Okay. Uh, I really think it would be frowned upon. Would it be front page news? Yeah. You think so? Yeah. I mean, it might but, bump, it would but, bump the airfield but then debate. Again, <laughs> but then again, some of the snooze uh, we've covered on this show has been front side uh, front page news that's true <laughs> speaking of let's take a little break and when we come back we're going to give you that i mean enough of this new news let's give you the fucking snooze yeah. right that's what they all show up for after this this episode is brought to you by squares yes squares that classic shape of the everyman and the thing fonzie warned you against being Simple enough to conceive of in the deficient attention vacuum of your mind's eye, yet sturdy enough to bear the weight of further squares, squares give you that simple old-world charm and boxed-in feeling you crave. With corners that are points like a triangle and a surface area greater than that of a circle, squares combine some of these coveted features with a complete inability to roll around. And right now, for a limited time only, if you purchase five squares, you'll get the sixth one free. That's right. Why settle for two dimensions when you can have three? You're not moving house with a bunch of cardboard pyramids. For what is a cube if not a square with a complicated background of inciting incidents that have embarked it on a transformative inner journey that traces a clear progression of its character arc? Also, have you ever seen one of those crazy Necker cubes? I can't tell which side is closer to me. Why not get this special deluxe square and let us pass the square savings on to you? There is literally zero reason why you wouldn't. Squares, the shape you can stack. Brought to you by the L7 panel of shapely right angles, Huey Lewis has suggested it's hip to be, thereby leaving the topic completely mangled. And we're back again. Oh, boy, that implies wow. that there were two ads for this show. Wow, that's amazing stuff. I mean, I find it remarkable that uh, that with this amount of money coming in, we're actually placing two ads in the show. <laughs> And and these are great products. I got to tell you, like the writing staff, as as previously discussed, they don't do a whole lot for us, right? Like we don't no. get we don't get a lot of material out of them. But the sales staff, boy, they are really pushing the airspace <laughs> and getting it out there. And uh, these are all one hundred percent genuine Icelandic products, by the way. Damn. I should say, like made out Island. Definitely. Um, and these are products I would consider using um, at any point in They my have life. your stamp of approval? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... Especially this last product. Well, I think I saw that at, y- at your apartment, actually. I Indeed. Think I, s- I saw that on the shelf. Oh, you mean the-, the villa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The villa in the south of uh, Iceland Beach. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah, gorgeous. In the Riviera. Gorgeous Riviera uh, digs there. Um, I got to stay in the carriage house. Yeah, it was yeah. nice. Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to talk about... Not the new news, but the old news. A little something we like to call the snooze. This is the snooze. Sauropod News. And now here's the latest from yesterday. 
Oh, yeah. Dateline. Probably from, most likely from this first quarter at some point, uh, <laughs> as we have taken uh, Q1, three months off. <laughs> it was a very well-deserved hiatus. We needed it uh, to come up with uh, with new material for the podcast. All that fucking juicy Nazi talk. Nazi hate, right? <laughs> Unbelievable. Still seething over here. The New York Times reporting. Uh, Tiffany Sue, what is the HSU? How would you pronounce it? Sue. Sue? Tiffany Sue. Now, I would actually claim she spelled her name wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> that very well. It is the Times, right? Uh, All the news that's fit to shit. Fucking fake news. Cadbury proposes a treasure hunt. Archaeologists are horrified. Anyone with a sweet tooth might do any number of things for a taste of chocolate. Looting protected archaeological sites probably should not be one of them. I mean, that's good common sense, right? I would disagree. Mm. I mean, what do you think Lara Croft would do if she if she got the hunger? Do you think she'd settle for uh, an after eight from the cupboard? I don't think so. You don't think so? I would. That sounds great right about now. Yeah. yeah the old, uh, uh, you know what I like to do with those? Put them in the... Uh, the old East Copper. Oh yeah, mm, I like to it. freeze it up and uh, and until it's kind of brittle. Fuck yeah! Now you're talking. Uh, that apparently was not so obvious to the British candy maker Cadbury. Cadbury, the company recently marketed its Freddo Treasures chocolates. That is a very British candy maker's name for a tasty <laughs> treat. Some Nami. Fredo Treasures chocolates with an advertising campaign that urged consumers to, quote, grab your metal detector and go hunting for Roman riches, unquote, and other artifacts at specific sites around Britain and Ireland. Wow. Uh, see, I kind of feel so like... So basically they're- there's assholes out there with <laughs> shovels looking for chocolate. No, uh, no I, think, I think the message here was... We'll go buy yourself some Freddo treasures and then get out there and go dig for some riches, some actual riches. Oh. That's how I'm reading this. Okay. So Maybe it's like twist. one of those uh, lottery things where you have like a, 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 a bottle of uh, undisclosed Coca-Cola soda and uh, uh, non-branded, of course. Go on. Uh, and in the bottle cap, when you open it, there's like, oh, you're a winner. Something like that. Except but you have to fucking... You have to take the initiative to get out there. Well, I think it's fair. You have to earn your keep. Um, I'm blaming the big metal detector industry. I think so. I yeah. think they might be in bed with Cadbury. They've definitely been in a, in a low area of their uh, career recently. I mean, how many people have you seen on the beach looking for... Um, what do you look for in beaches with metal detectors? Uh, wait, sh- uh, shells, <laughs> uh, jellyfish, uh, metal jellyfish. Uh, pass. Uh, I don't Na- know. Nazi jellyfish. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're probably if out there. there was a if there was a spokesperson for the Nazis, yeah. uh, spokes animal. I mean, it would have been jellyfish. <laughs> fucking disgusting the tentacles. Of, yeah, they make me fucking wretch. Those uh, horrible, gooey-looking, shitty Nazis. things. Oh, oh, the the jellyfish. Yeah, the Nazis. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. Um, you know, <laughs> say what you will about the Nazis. They they worked all the angles, right? Like, the, it would not surprise me if we got the report that the Nazis were trying to train jellyfish to attack uh, British U-boats or what have you. If anybody's going to do it, it was, it was them. It was going to be the Nazis. Yeah, yeah definitely. definitely. 
Uh, Definitely not the honorable (laughs) US Americans who did nothing questionable during any war. Certainly didn't uh, massacre hundreds of thousands of people with some atomic bombs. Uh, Let's not forget the fire bombs, right? Okay, come on. Forget about the same damage took a little bit longer, but we got there. Mm -hmm. Did I tell you that we we beat the Nazis? Saved everybody's bacon? Did you? Uh, yeah, we did. I'm I'm did unfamiliar sure. with this. You know that War for the World. We won that. Oh, you mean the sequel? Yeah, yeah, the sequel. Yeah, which nobody was, cares about the sequel. No, 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 dude. This was like. Are you going God- like Godfather Two? This here? is the Godfather Two of World Wars. <laughs> A website for the campaign suggested that adventurers, quote, dig up Viking silver on the River Ribble, unquote, <laughs> and hunt for precious rings in Fermanagh and mine for Saxon gold in Chelmsford, ex- Essex. So definitely this was not about <laughs> goat keeps and... UK names for places. <laughs> <laughs> the River Ribble. The Chelmanagh. I'll see you in Fermanagh. <laughs> Um, 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 <laughs> I think there's some Saxon gold, Chamsford Essex. Are you... Bring the spade. <laughs> mother, mother, bring the spade. We're going to Chelmsford this weekend. This weekend. Uh, quote, are you willing to get your hands dirty to discover more? Unquote. The website asked, effectively comparing the act of opening a box of chocolates to searching for ancient relics. At certain sites, the ad campaign said... The treasure's fair game. I don't see the issue here. I mean, is it, it's fucking buried under dirt. You want to go find some treasure? Find some. It's every everybody's dream, right? So, so my question here is: is did Cadbury's bury some treasure, or are they Cad sort of buried some treasure, uh, or are they trying to elicit uh, some cheap workforce for archaeology? It seems to have the stealthy hand of the Nazis. Definitely. Archaeologists and museum curators were quick to object. Are you meaning maybe ghost Nazis? Um, no, I think they're just uh, there are just plenty of modern day Nazis out there, as, no. as we have seen. Uh, some of them speaking in Congress potentially. Yes, yes. Uh, so there's uh, so they quote the somebody's Twitter account because you know the the freshest news comes from Twitter because if somebody says it, it's newsworthy. Indeed, this is uh, apparently an archaeologist of some kind. His his uh, name is Museum Ian. <laughs> <laughs> What, what, is Ian his last name? Uh, it could be. That could be actually. <laughs> I'm I'm Mr. Ian, Museum Ian. It's kind of like like one of those names, like uh, Thorkel Guilker, which is no. It's uh, just one of those names. I I I, I like these kinds of names. I don't know what the uh, what the U.S. ones or the English ones would sound like, but uh, yeah, I like Thorkeir Guðkeir, Johannes Hannes. It's like another one of those, or Hannes Johannes. Is that a full first name, or is that that would be two names, the first and last name? <laughs> yeah, well, it will be the first and middle name. Do you, you hyphenate that? Yeah, you could do uh, Hannes Johannes Hannesson. And then what's what's his dad's name? Hannes. Hannes. Okay. <laughs> Or Geir Thorgeir Guðgeirsson Geir Spell that for me G-E-I-R Oh my god I'm so bad Icelandic Geir It's a It's a bit of a a Prelude to the next episode Isn't it You being uh, Great at Icelandic Ooh Come back next episode We've got a new game show For you guys Coming up We're actually teasing you now It's a teaser You want to give them the title Mm, yes. What was the title? 
Quaserda. What? Quaserda. Huh? Quaserda. Huh? I think you know. Are, exactly. Are you, <laughs> exactly. Are, are you trying to say Quaserda? Oh, you're saying it like like a native. Yeah. Not like it's spelled. Quaserda. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, that's the name of the section. Uh, let's get back you. to the news. See you next week. So, Museum Ian, I think, you know, given name, probably a doctor. He's at a museum, or maybe it's just an artsy first name. Who can say? He says, this is quite possibly the most shocking, ill-advised, and irresponsible heritage engagement campaigns I have ever seen. The hashtag Cadbury Treasure Hunt by at Cadbury UK. I fucking hate the internet, by the way. <laughs> actively promotes the gleeful destruction of archaeological sites and undermines years of public heritage education. Do you think he was being clever there? Undermines? Yes, definitely. So, uh, speaking of the internet, um, we have been considering uh, starting to ship out the show on cassette tapes. So, if you... If you want to get your uh, show off the internet and onto mm-hmm. a cassette tape, just send us uh, a mail to uh, 107 Reykjavik, mm-hmm. Iceland, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll ship it right back. Of course, with a pre-postaged uh, envelope. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you're going to want to send your own the, cassette, the, uh, of course. The uh, 120-minute cassettes, too, because obviously yeah. we go a little long over here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Analog. It's, it's the way of the future, right? Definitely. It's just got a warmer sound. It's just way nicer. Oh, this is nice. The Times actually clarified who Museum Ian is here. Ian Trumbull, a curator of archaeology, Egyptology, and world cultures at Bolton Museum in Northern England. Okay, so he's just the guy that everybody calls Museum Ian because he's the weird guy in the museum. Yeah, and he's and he's got to engage the candy factory, Willy Wonka, <laughs> about his, his ad campaign about, hey, take an interest in anything and get outside also you know (laughs) museum ian would rather the uh youth of britain stay at home on their uh what do they call a suite maybe their sofa suite and uh watch telly and stuff their faces stuff their gobs with cadbury's yes yeah delicious delicious caramel from cadbury's uh by the way Mandela's International, which owns Cadbury, the very British international Mandela's Cadbury, (laughs) said in a statement that it had not meant to encourage anyone to break existing regulations regarding the discovery of new archaeological artifacts. And you just know the people at Cadbury were rolling their eyes like, are you fucking kidding me? The company said it had taken down the website and was working on directing families to museums where existing treasures can be found. You think Museum Ian is going to be happy about that? Well, boy, it's certainly driving up the traffic in his neck of the woods, isn't it? Uh, but maybe there's like he'll see competition in there. There'll be a Museum uh, Michael, and he'd be more uh, <laughs> more palatable to the to the tongue. Than, uh, I think this is a cool thing. We should start getting getting going. Well, Museum I mean, Datafoss. This is something that's very much done here in Iceland. Like, if you live in a community that's yay big, mm-hmm. you will have a a your job or your hobby or something embarrassing you did when you were a kid <laughs> appended or prepended to your name. Okay, okay. This is, and this is really a throwback to how people, how surnames came about to begin with, right? Yeah, like definitely. if you were Smith, you were a blacksmith. If you're Cooper, you were a fucking barrel maker. Exactly. And you, what do they call you out there? I forget. 
we referenced this earlier in the show. It's been hours. I don't remember <laughs> what it was, but whatever it is, that's how we know you. Yes. Yes, indeed. So why don't you re- rewind? You definitely want to, <laughs> after you've told everybody you know to listen to this, you want to rewind and listen to it all over again. To well, make the, good thing, the good thing, the good thing about if you give us the right kind of cassette tape, yeah. you can just uh, play it through, then flip it over, and there'll be more uh Content on the other side. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then yeah, once yeah. that's done, flip it over again, and you'll start from the beginning. Start you don't all over again. even need to rewind. Oh, God, cassettes were great. I mean, yeah, it's such a, it's the pinnacle of technology. What about the old uh, 8-track? Can we get, maybe get on that platform? I would, uh, I would love to. I was never familiar with the 8-track. No, I that's was a, a bit before our time, I think. I was a 2-track man. We're aiming for wax cylinders. Uh, it's, that's, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I've I've been taking calligraphy lessons so I could actually hand carve the <laughs> cylinders. It's just going to be us singing "Mary Had a Little Lamb." Uh, please feel free to send us all your kroner, and we can get working on that for you. Exactly. Thesauropod.com. Uh, NPR reports: Vandals steal head of 800-year-old mummy in Ireland. Oh, this might be actually related to uh, the Cadbury. I wonder. I wonder. Do uh, do we have the Twitter account for Museum Ian? Could we like, gauge <laughs> we should, his response? We should let him know, actually. Let's just dig into this, right? Yes. Because archaeology. Vandals have broken into a historic church in Dublin <gasps> and stolen the head of an 800-year-old mummy nicknamed the Crusader. The grim discovery, that's a bit of opining, isn't it? Mm, yes. It's a discovery. Let's, let's leave it at that, NPR. Was made by a guide at St. Mikan's Church. I think it's Mikan's. M-I-C-H-A-N. Apostle uh, As he was getting ready to open the site to the public, according to a statement from the Church of Ireland. In addition to the Crusader, several other corpses were damaged, including that of a nun dating back 400 years. Thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> All right. I really, I really have no comment on that. No, I mean, it's just, it is what it is, right? Yes. Uh, they broke open the vault. It's a big, heavy steel door and broke open one of the coffins. Archdeacon of Dublin, David Pierpoint, told the Irish Times. Parts of the contents of the coffin have been dragged out. The Archdeacon added, these are people who have been lying at rest for years and years, and to have them desecrated in such a sacrilegious way is so distressing and disturbing, I can't put it in words. I'm quite disgusted. Mm. In the church statement, Pierpoint had a request for the vandals. (laughs) (laughs) Vandals, I'm speaking to you. Vandals, I'm speaking to you. I would appeal to those responsible to examine their consciences and return the head of the crusader to its rightful place. <laughs> That's kind of kind of adorable, right? Yeah. I'm I'm of the opinion that once your synapses stop firing and you're declared dead. Yeah. You, you're probably not going to care. Uh there's a very good chance that that's very much the case. I mean, we should let the church know actually. I think yeah. they might have Let's just assume there is an afterlife. Uh I'm pretty sure I wouldn't even care if I could see my relatives fucking my skull. I would be like, nah, fuck that. I'm in the afterlife now. If you're in the afterlife and you're watching over your rotting, decaying, former corporeal form. It is of no consequence Is that to really me. what? Like, how could that be it? That is, it's already reality. Life as it is, is already plenty boring enough. <laughs> watching it unfold when you can't actually have any agency in that realm. You just want fucking my skull again. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Is it possible for a dead person to kill themselves in those situations? 
I think uh, yes, Season. it must be. I mean, if we go by point? Doctor Who, anyway, <laughs> it's not an existential crisis. It's a it's a non-existential crisis. A, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> para-existential crisis. Yeah, something like that. I f- I want to say slimes involved. A ghost decides. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Apparently, this isn't the first time the collection of mummies at St. Mikan's has been hit by vandals. In 1996, intruders damaged dozens of corpses. Why get are a, they keeping corpses Get a fucking there. lock for that gate, my man. Go down to O'Malley's Hardware and get yourself uh, a master lock with a little key. Mm-hmm. Put it on the gate. People will stop. So what's the default uh, lock maker in the States? If you if you look at a random person's yeah, door, yeah. What, who who made the lock? Master lock. Master lock. Yeah. In Iceland, it's Asa. Asa. But see, what you need to do is be more specific about I mean, does Asa mean master lock? Because that that's what you should be calling it if you really want to move mm. those units. You know, like yes. it's a lock and it's also the best, most knowledgeable of all the locks. Yes. It's the master. It's of the locks. master locks. Asa is almost, uh, you know, beginning with an A as it does apprentice lock. I would have thought that uh, Asa is probably just there to be at the front of the. Oh, like triple A kind yeah. of. Oh, gotcha. That now that's that's a smart business right there. Yeah, master lock is way at the at the back there. Pierpoint remembered a chilling detail in an interview with the Times. They drag them up onto the ground and seem to be playing football with the heads. He said, "Thankfully, at least at the, the heads are being put into good use. <laughs> well, good use. I mean, fucking Irish head. people playing football. I don't know. That's good use. <laughs> I think. Uh, I mean, maybe rugby. Maybe it's more suitable. Oh, fair enough. Then. Yeah. Fair enough. Thankfully, at that time, the guards did their jobs extremely well, and they caught the perpetrators. I don't know how you could miss <laughs> a gang of vandals playing football or rugby with your local skulls. Well, it uh, reminds me of a thing. I." I I always talk about football is that uh, you can play it anywhere with anything. It's a cheap sport. That's why it's popular. It's like you need a couple of couple of hoodies to make the poles uh-huh. and then a skull to kick around. Sure. Listen, Live Science is reporting via Mindy Weisberger, who's a senior writer, by the way. Congrats, Mindy. Stolen mummy feet. What? what? <laughs> Did you- it's the snooze. Listen, we cover a lot of ground with the snooze. As you well know, we talk about mummies. We talk about shipwrecks. We talk about space. We talk about dinosaurs. These, this mm-hmm. is the news you need to know. It's the fucking snooze. Ass, ass, ass. I like how uh, how focused the snooze uh, is on is on mummies at the moment. I'll talk to the news board. Okay, I'll talk to the newsroom. They, no, I mean they they're just picking the best news. It's the it's the news that the people need to know. I mean, have you heard any of these stories? I have not. Right. So let's really prioritize them. Yeah, Stolen mummy feet, arms, and more found stashed in speakers at Cairo Airport. Hmm. An attempt to illegally transport Egyptian mummy parts was recently thwarted at Cairo International Airport. Airport x-ray scanners detected mummy remains concealed in a package headed for Belgium, Egypt's Ministry of Antiquities reported yesterday, February 24th, on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) That's the official outlet for uh, for them? Yeah. (laughs) Yep. 
The recovered remains, a torso portion, an arm, part of a left hand, two legs, and two feet, came from two mummies and were concealed inside a pair of stereo speakers, according to the ministry. Now, as we all know, stereo speakers are where you're supposed to store your weed when you're traveling internationally. Exactly. So, where did they put their weed? Is yeah, what I need to know. That's an excellent question. Also, like, did the did it improve the sound of the speakers at all? Mm, there was probably too much reverb, and they wanted to dry it out a little yeah, bit. Exactly. You know? It was probably a bit boomy. Desiccation. Uh, all antiquities that originate in Egypt are considered to be the property of the state, according to the Egyptian law on the protection of antiquities. Socialist! Enacted in 1983. And I wonder what the British Museum has to say about that, too. Mm-hmm. With some exceptions, the law prohibits private ownership of objects that have historical or archaeological value, including human and animal remains. With some exceptions. Ooh. So somebody's got a collection out there. <laughs> I think his name is Zahi Hawass. Anyway, despite these precautions, I mean, the best part of the snooze is you don't have to read all of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the hot points. Uh, because as you know, we're not interested in the <laughs> in the big report of the thing. We want to get the memo. We want to get the, the mummy memo. The mummy memo. Uh, preferably in five pages or less. Listen, there's no real conclusion here. It just seems to be a lot of bragging on behalf of the Egypt Ministry of Antiquities. So uh, they found the speakers. Did they confiscate the pe- speakers? Uh, oh, do you think they're booming right now? Do you yeah, think they got they got their, maybe maybe they also found some weed in the speakers? Oh, and then they were like, you know what? Let's get on Facebook and talk about these mummy yeah. hands. Like we gotta put out the news, but I don't know how. Like I got this Facebook thing open, and uh, I'll just use that. <laughs> you know what's funny? The word torso, <laughs> torso, <laughs> torso. <laughs> I mean, torso, torso. How often do you have to say a word like that until it becomes like so hilarious that you can't even uh, can't even stand? Well, it loses all meaning after about four repeats, right? Torso, repeat, torso, repeat, torso, repeat, torso. I don't even know what I'm saying. It's just a sound. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, we got to do some local news. All right, we're running out of time here. We're going long. We got so hopped up with politics, and we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to edit the fuck out of us. Smallitics. Local news. Our buddies, the Iceland Monitor, right? NBL Puntaris. Icelanders support turning clock back one hour. This some, is this some is people outrageous. do. Now, this is so snoozy, it goes back to January. Most of those Icelanders who voice an opinion on a state forum on whether the clock should be turned back one hour in accordance with Iceland's global position are in favor of the change. All right, so like a little sidebar here for the non-Icelanders out there who may be listening. They, they don't believe in the daylight savings time over here, correct? No. You just I don't think anybody does, actually. I Nobody think, does. I think there's actually a global-wide... Uh, movement to remove it. And, and I, I and think yet, I'm not even lying. And yet, do you guys feel like you're being left out of the party invite or something like that? Because... So so what's happening here is that uh, <laughs> the noon in Reykjavik is at 1.30. 1.27 to be precise. And, and some people think that uh, that is inconvenient. What? And the reason being that uh, there will be less uh, sun in the morning, as in as in when the clock is uh, like 
in the morning. Okay. So so they think that somehow young people will sleep more because they change the numbers uh, that appear when the sun is at a certain position in the sky. Okay. And and somehow they think that magically teenagers would go to bed uh, earlier <laughs> and wake up at a more reasonable time. Is this? Are you genuinely telling me that this is about concerns over misspent youth? Yeah. Really? Oh, I mean that's how they phrase it. And oh and God. then there's the other shit. Then, yeah, exactly. <laughs> then there's the other people that say like, yeah, I mean we're in we're at work in the morning, so we wake up, we go to work, yeah. and then in the afternoon we want to get a bit of sun. So it's handy if the if the high point of the sun cycle is a bit later in the day. So so we get like nice evenings and bright bright nights. Seems really negligible. I mean, at this point, I mean we have escaped eternal darkness. We should say we. We have a full day happening at yeah, this point, but more then, than a full day. Yeah, and and it's just gonna we're gonna get more and more of it. So yeah. why bother? I really don't care. It's a matter of uh, it's a matter of like uh, one month in the fall and one month in the spring, where where like uh, the brightness should either be in the morning or the afternoon. And uh, I think it's about fifty fifty whether people want it in the morning or the night. Uh, but the morning people always have, would somebody please think of the children? <laughs> uh, so they kind of have the upper hand at the moment. As somebody who grew up uh, in, a, in a country that does believe, uh, but still bitches about daylight savings time. Well, I mean, I do not care about this as long as we don't do this fucking bullshit daylight saving time. And it affects the fuck out of us because anytime I set up a meeting with people from abroad, it will always fuck up by it's one chaos. hour. Oh uh, yeah, it's chaos. There's, I think there have been metrics run on the amount of money that's <laughs> lost or wasted or time wasted during those days when those changes happen because I nobody mean, can get it right. I mean, I fucking love it when I lived in a daylight saving country and, and you'd go out party on a Saturday and you look at your clock. It's like, oh, it's almost two o'clock. It's about time to go home. And then you look again. Oh, it's like a bit past one. Oh, so you and, like this? You, I mean, you want it? I like that one day when you <laughs> go like, it's almost two and then it's a bit past one. It's not worth and it. And then... In the fucking uh, other time, it's like oh, it's only it's only twelve o'clock, and then you go like, how the fuck did it become two o'clock? <laughs> right, the worst day. Yes, I've got to tell you, since moving here, I haven't missed it at all. It's happened twice now. I think. See, I don't even I don't even know how many times it's happened. No, doesn't matter. It doesn't fucking matter. It's a bullshit made up construct that I mean, time to begin with is is bullshit, and its representation as numbers is even more bullshit, and. Fucking with it like that That's uh, the most bullshit of it all You're right Time's a fucking liar Yeah Just to wrap this article up here Many people believe That it would be a good thing To turn the clock back To get more daylight In the winter darkness While others believe Yeah 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 It won't hang make on, much good. So they're saying They want more daylight yeah. In the winter darkness So uh, they're gonna add more daylight in the winter by changing the numbers it's just dark all the time man I, <laughs> it's I, gonna I've be it. exactly <laughs> equally dark Who cares but but this is the rhetoric that's put out in this shit there's <laughs> like when people that use this nonsense language and and how are you supposed to take these people seriously but then they go like what what's the children and then you kind of have to take them seriously but the, the children! 
Well, I mean, this is everybody has a platform, right? It's important. Uh, The online forum, by the way, is open until March 10th. The government will then look at the results to help them make a decision. It is currently March 28th. So that who knows? There was actually like three suggestions or three, I don't know, options. One of them was like it's actually in the report. I skipped over it. Uh, It's like. Keep it as it is, yeah. but like try and educate people to go to bed earlier. <laughs> That's not going to work. That's a very Icelandic way of dealing with it. I like that one. I want that one. <laughs> or actually put a change into place. it. Uh, and I can't remember what the last one was, but that was one of those like, try and make people. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, make business hours not nine from so <laughs> to something. Make it eight to something. Like, it just doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't matter it's at all. It's such a, such a fucking bullshit. But I, I, I mean, I have an opinion on the matter. I like it like it is because I'm an afternoon kind of guy, <laughs> but I don't have strong enough an opinion to actually like like argue with. You people don't want to go to the this. forum? You should go to the forum. <sighs> Speak. I care less than uh, than I should. The next news item, right? Again, Iceland Monitor, the only, not the only outlet of news. Obviously, I mean. This is the one. It's just the most amusing one. <laughs> um, but again, as we as we are getting caught up on Q, uh, Q1 of 2019, Valentine's Day increases in popularity in Iceland. Just like foreign traditions such as Halloween, Valentine's Day is now becoming popular in Iceland. Restaurants are particularly busy on this night, and so are florists. Aww. This day is just like Husband's Day and Wife's Day in Iceland. There are couples on tables for two all over, says manager of Italian restaurant Essencia in the center of Reykjavik. Uh, so Never just, been there. Let's fill you in here. The first day of the ancient Norse month of Thori begins with Bondadaga, or Husband's Day. Or Farmer's Day, also. Bondi. Bondi is both husband and farmer. Oh yeah! By the way, what's the uh, what's our catchphrase? Quasaya uh, binder. Quasaya binder. That can both mean what what do the gentlemen say? Yeah. Or what do the farmers say? And as you are aware, the context here is farmers. What do the farmers say? Indeed. No, no. I'm asking you. What do, what are they saying? What's what's the word out there? Indeed. It's co- oh okay. <laughs> On this day, which usually falls in late January, women give gifts to any significant men in their lives and often feed them <laughs> traditional food related what, to the thought of the insignificant <laughs> men. How do you, They're ignored as, how they, do you, as they ought be. Uh, the nice guys that finish last. Mm-hmm. So I that, don't that think whole, nice that, guys finish last. I the think they probably oh, okay. usually finish first and then are ignored after that. I guess it depends they, on they finish too quickly. Finishing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Women's Day, however, falls on this Sunday. It marks the end of Tori, and it's a day to celebrate women when men treat women with flowers or gifts for the significant women in their lives. Again, significant ones mm-hmm. only. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Plenty of restaurants in Reykjavik offer a special Valentine's menu for tonight, and Essencia, for example, offers heart-shaped lobster pizzas. That's, oh, that's, 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 <laughs> Man, I really don't know what to say day. about that. No, there's not a whole lot to I, say. I, I think, I mean, it is a, it is a point. Is it a valid point? No. Did they leave out the most important holiday of uh, of the season of this season? So there's this season before Easter, after yeah. Christmas. There's a very important holiday here in Iceland. You know, Carnival. It's, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a it's a celebration of the something, and it's 
big and somewhere v- loosely Jesus related, right? Yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah. we have a s- sort of a carnival thing. We have like it's a three day thing. So does the, this thing involve Monday? There's buns involved. Shh, oh, sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Is, all right, all right. Spo- you ruined the whole spoiler alert. Spoiler alerts. <laughs> it's the most. So last day is the Uskudagur, which is um, Ash. Wednesday, yeah, I guess. Yeah. So originally there was like children would make little bags with ash yeah. and pin it onto people. And I'm assuming they got some sort of discount at Toys R Us because of it or something like that. You go sing, right? I was at... Uh, but, 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 uh, oh, this no. was the original <laughs> thing. But nowadays, yeah. children yeah. just dress up as uh, American superheroes in, yeah, yeah. in cheap costumes and and go terrorize the store owners of the city and yeah. uh, with uh, with terrible singing and get candy to stop. It was awesome. I saw this at Melbourne on that day and it was yeah. great. It was just a surprise Halloween for me. Yeah, it's bonus like, Halloween. It's like a Halloween where the where where you as a house owner don't have to be afraid of being TP'd or anything. Uh-huh. A side note, TP or TP in uh-huh. Icelandic uh-huh. is penis. Oh. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's kind of like uh, the good parts of Halloween uh, in the middle of the winter. That's great. <laughs> so you send your children all like in the Lopapeser and then you put like the Spider-Man outfit yeah, outside of that. So it's like a fat Spider-Man child. That's great. That's a, that's a smart idea. That's the kind of idea I expect from you people, you progressive Icelanders. <laughs> Not this fucking regressive daylight savings bullshit. Focus on Halloween too, right? Yeah, Second exactly. Halloween. No, that's what I, I'm loving it. Well, that's the third day. The okay, second so, day. Right, right. The second day is Sprengidaur. So that uh, means explosion day. Uh, and it's it's a cold explosion day mostly because... Uh, you're supposed to eat a certain uh, food, yeah, and it it's made of beans, so it uh, makes your uh, bowels explosive. Yeah, 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 sure. But sure. also, like the traditional meaning is that you should eat so much of it. It's it's a meat soup with some beans, uh-huh. and it should be the last meat before you land uh, for Easter or whatever. Uh, right, right, right. right. Uh, so that's explosion day. But the best day of them all is the first day, okay. and it's Polnudagur. Uh, it's the most magical of all the holidays because, like, for all the holidays, you can, if you miss it, you could replicate it. Like Christmas, you can replicate Christmas. Sure. Yeah, you could, you'll have the gifts yeah. and, and you'll make the nice food and you'll do whatever. And at Easter, you could replicate Easter. You could find some chocolate and make yourself like a thing and all that. Uh, this is also true. you cannot replicate. Ball day, right? That's what you guys call <laughs> yes. it? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you have this, these delicious buns. There's cream involved and jam and, oh, yeah. and chocolate toppings. And like nobody makes these buns ever except for this one day of the year. And so if you if you want to have your own boledaur at a separate time, if you, for example, were stuck in Tenerife on boledaur, <laughs> where these fucking savages of Spain and Africa don't celebrate boledaur properly, yeah, um, then you can't really have a boledaur. So you become irritated for the whole fucking rest of the year until uh, the next boledaur shows up in 2020. Wow, I mean, you have to be a real jackass to miss boledaur like <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, like, why would you even why would you even leave the country and be in Tenerife at that point? Well, the problem with Boledagur. There's only one problem with it. And uh, it's the same problem as Easter. Okay. It's not on a fucking fixed day. <laughs> it's like, it's 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 some days before Easter and, and Easter is at some random time in March or April. 
<laughs> fucking bullshit. See, I love the passion that I'm feeling here. This is what you need to forum about. You need to push aside those ladies bitching about the children's well-being, and you need to talk about this. And you need to talk about emergency boladaga buns. I think we should definitely have uh, backup buns. Definitely. But also... Get a fixed day for Lock it. in the day so you yeah, know mean, so it doesn't slip. Oh, this is great. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I've, I've sometimes my birthday falls on fucking Easter Sunday, and back when I was a kid, you know what I got for my fucking birthday on that day? Something I just got an excessively large chocolate egg. Oh, that's horse shit. It's fucking bullshit. Yeah. I mean, uh, I understand the people that are born around Christmas time. Well, you just get a big, big <laughs> Christmas gift. Oh, fuck off. No, no, no. I want fuck double. Right off. Double load. <laughs> That's what this show is all about, folks. We're solving problems here. We're addressing problems. We're finding problems, addressing them, and then solving them. That's exactly. just what what just happened there. Exactly. So, Listen. lesson learned. Uh, give me a fucking proper birthday present if my birthday is on <laughs> on Easter. And, save, and save also, you fucking put Easter on a proper date. Yeah. These are all great points. Uh, you know, I had one of those buns, by the way, mm. on the day. Delicious. Oh, they are. Yeah. And you can choose between two types. There's the yeast ones and uh-huh. the water ones. And the water ones are a bit more, they're more about the filling. And the yeast ones are more about the the interaction between the filling and lovely, the bread. Like a caramel cream filling. It was yeah. delicious. Uh, you should have been there. It was uh, It was really good this year. I mean, like I heard it's, it's always good, but like this 2019... Ooh, good vintage <laughs> on the buns. Ah, <laughs> oh, god damn it! <laughs> Listen, let's wrap this show up here. We got one more news item, and it actually is germane to what we've been speaking about. Again, Iceland Monitor. Uh, this is this goes all the way back to the beginning of the year, Q1. All Dunkin' Donuts in Iceland to close. Yes, and as you know, like we we were always on top of the local. Uh, an international pastry situation here. This is the of news course. that you need to know. This is news you need to know. All the Dunkin' Donut branches in Iceland are closing. When they opened in 2015, huge queues of people formed outside. We are closing Dunkin' Donuts, which is, of course, sad, but the business environment was simply that wage and production costs were too high, says Sigurda Karlsson, owner of Basco, the company that holds the Dunkin' Donuts franchise in Iceland. The end of news item. Okay, so the last thing I heard about this, and I might uh, either be referencing old news or elaborating on this news. Is this I really, news? I really don't know whether the whether I'm adding or or misinformed, and I don't That's care. One of the problems with the, with doing the snooze is that it's hard to know if these stories have changed or evolved in any yeah. way. Anyway, nope. the the last thing I heard. The Dunkin' Donuts restaurants were being shut down, but they were putting these poisonous uh, sugar discs. No, not discs. Anyway, sugar poroids into every gas station. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think if that's the case, then their business model is exquisite. Because what they did was uh, open up a high-profile store in downtown in an establishment they knew they wouldn't be able to afford. And said, like, well, the first 20 people get uh, free donuts for a year. So there was literally queuing uh, <laughs> that happened for for the opening. And then somehow, 
because the, the Icelandic people feed on uh, on frenzies like this. There was a queue for the one Dunkin' Donuts in Iceland uh-huh. for months. Like, literally months. If you yeah. wanted to get a Dunkin' Donuts donut, you had to wait for, say, 15, 20 minutes uh, for a month. For a Dunkin' Donut? Yeah, yeah. For a Dunkin' Donut. I mean, maybe... Listen, a dry I- Dunkin' Donut. <laughs> kind of chewy. You got to gnaw at it a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, yeah, well, we were discussing about Abraham Lincoln earlier and his, his dry sex. Right, right. It's worse than that. Okay. Yeah, that's great. Excellent way of putting that. Because, you know, again, coming from the land of the free and the home of the brave and the, you know, the place of the donuts, I have access to a lot of Dunkin' Donuts. I mean, we have gone into the whole donut uh, situation here in Iceland and and we were all in agreement. Uh, There's no need to name any names, but Dunkin' Donuts is definitely not the finest. I think we did sort of. Uh, we spoke about this before because we we co- we cover this topic frequently on the show. It is an important topic. It's, it's arguably Maybe the it's, only to- topic. Yeah, everything else is uh, is uh, icing, is frosting uh, for the for the doughy center that is the donut situation. Wow, you, of did, you didn't even ask me to put my finger down so you could tie that bow. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mm. Buddy, we did it. We're back. It's 2019. Happy Happy New Year. And we even tied this show like with the reference to the beginning of it. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as if our writing team was not incompetent. It's but the, they are. The, oh, they, de- they definitely are. <laughs> they, didn't, they didn't see that. We had to do that for them. So take a note, guys. The snake eating its tail. That's, that's like, how we do it. That's how you do uh, literature. Um, I'm kind of racking my brain on. Do, do we have an outro for this show? It's been three months. I don't remember if we have like a patented Ooh. thing that we do. So well, let's we, just say uh, like flip the cassette, right? Yeah, flip the cassette. Or we could do something like uh, like an annoying sound. So they'll just really have <laughs> to. Uh, uh, <laughs> so we'll take that and we'll do the end of that. We'll split it in half and put it at the start of the beginning of the show. And then when you flip the tape, it's just mm, just one big cycle Pink right Freud there, isn't it? The end is the beginning. Time's a flat circle. So you can basically start the show anywhere you want. Yeah. So welcome to the show. Right. This is the beginning of the show. It's this is also the beginning of the show. <laughs> also this. And also now. Right? Also now. this is the end. It, goodbye. And good morning. And if I don't see you, good evening, afternoon, and night. Welcome back. <laughs>